welcome to the latest edition of my podcast, Talking Dudley South, with me, Mike Wood, the Member of Parliament for Dudley South. And this is our first podcast live in person since uh, since uh, lockdown, as you can see. We're taking a few precautions, but it's great to be here at the Penns Meadow Post 16 uh, facility in Pensnet, the old Pensnet High School. And really pleased to be joined by uh, Marie, the head here, and uh, indeed at the uh, Pence Meadow School at uh, Buckball uh, site, and by Steve, who's a, a local parent, and Steve, your son, son Eddie, has been affected by speech and learning difficulties from, uh, from birth, hasn't he? Yeah, it's something that we noticed early on, certainly because we've got a, a, an elder daughter, and as parents do, you kind of, you do tend to compare and go, well, Isla was doing this, but Eddie's not done that yet. And we referred him when he was two, and he's now five, and it's been quite a journey. And I always say it's quite a minefield navigating the SEND system. It's not something that you ask to be involved in. Um, it's kind of like a world that you're thrust upon and thrust into, and there's a lot to learn about it. A lot of good things, uh, a lot of challenging things, a lot of rewarding things as well. And there's still a lot to learn, uh, certainly. And uh, as you say, a very, very steep uh, learning curve as a parent. I think all of us who've been parents know that there's an awful lot that, no matter how prepared you think you are before birth of a child, whether it's your first, whether it's a, a subsequent child, there are always a lot of things that, that are unexpected, and particularly when you have a diagnosis or really pre-diagnosis. Uh, the issues where things do seem to be uh, a bit different. I mean, that, that must take you and your family some time to adjust to as well in, in your own minds, as well as the practical uh, steps of uh, getting assessments and diagnoses. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a mental process as, as well for us as parents, adjusting because you have these cliche things in your head about taking your son to the football, playing sports with your son and all these different things that other parents would do. And I, I still do it now, you know, you because we've, we've just come back from a, a holiday in Cornwall and, you know, you look at other parents and you see them doing things and you see them talking to their son and my son has speech and language difficulties. He's, he's we'll talk, we can talk about it in a bit in terms of, you know, he's come on during lockdown with his speech, but still, his communication isn't quite there and it's it's hard and certainly between the age of two and three we, I was still sort of processing it in my mind and what was going on he was at a mainstream nursery at the time Bellevue but we kind of knew around that time that something was different I mean you, you just saw him in the classroom at Bellevue nursery and within a week the the teacher said do you think there's something different and I, and I said yeah um, we we know and I think that's part of the process is the acceptance, because the quicker you accept it, the quicker you can move on and find, right, okay, this isn't the right place for him. Let's find the right place for him in the right platform. And because um, I, I work at BBC Radio WM and we, we were actually covering um, an SEND, uh, it was a protest march in Birmingham city centre. They were happening all on the same day across the country. And there was this wonderful woman called Katie Taylor who I've since sort of got in touch with and just listening to an, an interview one of our reporters did and she said, you know, uh, raising a special needs child, it's not what you thought it was going to be. You know, it can be challenging, it can be hard, but it's equally as rewarding and you will meet some brilliant people 
and she's absolutely spot on. And it's been, every time I talk about it, I get a little bit emotional talking about that because she, she was absolutely spot on and her saying I needed to hear that at that time because it really helped me with the process and, and sort of move on and go, right, let's, let's find the best support. And I mean, in Parliament, I do quite a lot of work with the party groups on, well, on autism, on learning disabilities, and now starting on speech and language. And as you say, there were some remarkable groups campaigning on these issues, uh, and a lot of families who've been, uh, who continue to obviously live with the challenges that these issues present within families. But beyond, I mean, it's obviously can be extremely difficult as well as obviously can be very rewarding, but there are frustrations, there are things that I know that a lot of families say that there are days and weeks when they're obviously struggling to work out how they're going to get through through this when everything seems to be stacked against them. But the past few months must have thrown up particular challenges. How have the last few months with lockdown, obviously the other effects of the, uh, the outbreak been and how's that affected Eddie? Do you know what? I, ironically, his speech has come on amazingly in lockdown, which is crazy because he hasn't had the daily support from the, the staff at his school and, you know, the different services. Um, I, I kind of felt that, you know, around March time, I, I was starting to go to a lot of Dudley Council organised meetings because they're, they're trying to reorganise and revamp the SEND system because we all know it, it needs looking at in Dudley and... They've changed some of the leadership of the council and the children's services. And so I went to a few meetings and, and it was really promising at that time. There was a lot of things being done, a lot, a lot of changes being put in place. And then bang, coronavirus happened and it, and it affected it. So that was the disappointment that I was starting to find out about a lot of support groups and a lot of services. And they've obviously temporarily disappeared. But in terms of Eddie in himself, he's an amazing happy smiley boy so the, the happiest boy that i know um and his speech has actually come on and i wonder if it's because he's been on his own in a quiet place relatively quiet um with us and we've been able to work with him two on one and it's actually been beneficial but it's also reinvigorated us to say when he goes back in september we're going to be quite hot on his school and the wider speech and language services to say this is how he's come on in lockdown you need to now help us and take that ball and run with it great and marie as as steve was saying you know there have obviously been a lot of challenges with special needs provision in dudley i think one of the things that dudley has done extremely well has been its uh, special school uh, provision we're very fortunate that we've got a number of extremely good special schools in Dudley, including Pensant Meadow. Tell us about the school. We are an all-age 4 to 19 dual-site provision for children with uh, severe and complex needs, including autism and medical needs. And whereas in being dual-site has its challenges, it's also had its benefits during the recent lockdown because we've been able to operate as two sites. But we do need, as, as you are well aware and have, have supported us with, is we, we do need the provision, the building provision to improve and we do need to be on one site and offer a provision to our children and there was again moves in Dudley towards that but the Covid has, has delayed that which is very very frustrating um, because our pupils are the most amazing ones that we 
have. And the, the, throughout COVID, that has astonished us. The, the challenges that have been thrown at our families and our pupils and the ones we've been able to have in school and make provision for have been truly amazing. Also, children who've been at home have demonstrated amazing things as well because they're in their safe space um, and their anxieties have been reduced to a degree. Other pupils' anxieties have, have, have increased. But yeah, we've, we have an amazing set of pupils and amazing staff um, and our family support team have worked very hard to keep in touch with our families because the remoteness and the isolation has been the most difficult thing. Of course. So we're recording this here at the old Pensnet uh, High School site. So it's now Penns Meadows post-16 facility. So this has been five years has it this is. been open it now? Is. It seems like only yesterday, doesn't yeah. it? Um, so you, you mentioned, obviously, the old site where the 4 to 16 uh, provision is uh, down at Wordsley. Yeah. Now, that's currently owned by the NHS, isn't it? Yes. So you're only tenants there, so it's we not are. an ideal situation at all? No, it isn't. And, and also, um, it is a building site at the moment because the, the land around the, the school has been sold for housing and it, that is imminent. So we will be in the middle of a building site as well. It's, it's very isolated. It, it's down a single track road that's above half a mile to get to the school. We don't have access to community facilities um, we, we're not part of a community as we are up, up here, which is absolutely essential for our children. They need to be out and about and part of a, a functional community. Um, so it is very frustrating. And obviously with this having previously been a secondary school on, on this site, I mean, there's still plenty of space around here, as well as obviously some of the facilities like the sports, uh, sports hall. Yeah, um, yeah. It's obviously good for shared use. What would the advantages be of moving the whole school onto a single site? It is entirely that. We, we do have a community use sports hall, so there's a fantastic amount of opportunity. We have a forest school. Um, at the bottom and we are part of the community here um, we are working towards opening a community cafe we were very close to doing that just before lockdown um, we are able to do shared facilities we have real positive links with the community with Mary Stevens Hospice Black Country Food Bank a lot of the charity shops that we can get out and about and our young people can go and work and volunteer in these areas we're able to employ apprentices here we have an apprentice with learning difficulties that we've been able to do and just being part of one site and would be just truly amazing to give the opportunities for all of our pupils to access without having to get in a minibus and, and travel which adds stress mm -hmm. to our young people. Yes I remember I think last time I was here there's just been a a good walk, and I'm not sure whether it was the uh, the pupils or the staff were looking uh, more tired yeah, after doing you, the You uh, can walk between walk sites in half an hour, but it's, it's quite challenging. <laughs> yes. um, so, I mean, looking obviously the last few months, I mean, how has COVID impacted on your, your, your pupils? And what have you been seeing? What have the parents been telling you? Yeah, the, the isolation and the anxiety and the fear to start with, and the uncertainty. And the, to be honest, the mixed messages right from the start, um, from the close, open, do come to school, don't go to school, stay at home, go to work. That, that's well documented. Um, and the latest guidance has taken account of special schools and special needs. You know our school, you know our children. They do not socially distance. It is not something that they comprehend. And it's not something you can do. That's not how we work. Um, the introduction of face masks is quite distressing for some pupils because all of our pupils have speech and language difficulties and communication is body language and facial expressions. Yeah. 
So that has been very, very difficult. And some ways, special schools were very well set up because we did use PPE, we do do sanitising, we're very good on hygiene. But it's very difficult because a lot of our families, their support network is each other, as Steve was saying, and that was removed and their support services were removed and they were very, very isolated. Um, so we worked very hard with our family support and our staff being able to go out and drop things off and make sure they, they were supported. Daily phone calls, weekly phone calls, and nurses as well were available. But the children we've been able to have into school, we took the view with risk assessment. You can risk assess so you can't do something or you can risk assess so you can do something. So we are a very can-do school and we risk assessed that we could do things. So we got as many pupils in as possible over the provision. A few challenges ahead with the everybody back in in September, but, you know, we do what we can. Great. <laughs> now, so we've obviously talked about some of the challenges facing families and uh, schools with special needs uh, in Dudley. Are there any areas that you think Dudley does well, things that we can be proud of that other areas can learn from, and what do you think we can improve locally that would provide that better support for, I say, for families affected by... Uh, I think for me, in terms of what it does well, whether it's different to other areas, I, I, I don't know. But just, uh, I think everybody we've encountered in the process is everyone means well, everyone's heart is in it. There's no one who, it, it's, it's a world full of empathy, if that makes sense. And everybody cares and everyone, everyone is working so hard. I think their jobs could be made easier. Just the, the caring nature of all the people that we've, met um i mean i I remember because eddie goes to woodsetton school but i do remember meeting you on uh, the walk round yours was the first school that we actually went to and again i remember sort of you know that was part of the process as well going around schools and again just thinking in your mind that he's not going to a mainstream school he's going to go to a special school and i i'd never stepped foot in a special school before and didn't know anything about it but like i said straight away you know, smiles on faces, just lovely, nice people. And like I said, everyone is working hard despite a lot of challenging situations. So that's, that, that's my biggest takeaway in terms of what he's done well here. It, it is, but conversely it can be. There are a lot of informal networks. There's a huge amount of expertise, huge amount of knowledge. And what Dudley could do better is coordinate that and lead it better. Yeah, um, yeah. there is a lot of things. I'm sure there's a lot of support groups and things that I'm yet to find out about. It, it feels like once you've had a referral and kind of, because uh, like I say, you're thrown into this world. I'd never even heard of an uh, EHC plan. I, I didn't know what one of those is. Uh, I now know that it's one of the most vital pieces of documents that a child can have in the SND uh, system. That legal document to say this is what your son or daughter needs and this is what they can get. I should explain just the HCP plan, that's the Education Healthcare Plan, which effectively replaced the old statements. Yeah, and it... um, I mean, I'm still learning about it. Uh, Eddie's on his second one. 
and I'm starting to learn different things about it and we'll be challenging a lot more about it as well, I think, to make sure that Eddie gets the right support. But um, I wish there was, I don't know whether it's a website or a document, but as soon as you're referred into the, the system, I keep calling it the system, but uh, as soon as you're referred into that world, I wish there was like a one-stop shop of, okay, this is an EHCP, here's a masterclass on what this means and, and what you need to do to get it, here's access to this support, here's We Love Carers, this charity in Dudley, here's the Dudley Parent Hub, they're brilliant. I I found out uh, the Dudley Parent Hub, who are brilliant, and again, I, I went to a few of these meetings with Dudley Council because of them and, and joined them and met some brilliant people who were really helpful. I only found out about them in it. There was a newsletter stuffed into Eddie's bag, in his school bag one day, and, you know, sometimes you don't read these things, uh, but luckily I, I happened to pull it out and, and, and have a look, and I was like, oh, emailed them, and as I say, went to some meetings, and... It sounds terribly selfish because I keep talking from the parent point of view rather than about Eddie. And, but it helped me talking to other people because I've joined the PTA as well at Woodsetton. And just talking to other people who know what this world is and, and what you're going through. Cause, and that it's okay. Yeah, because like I said, people would mean well, but you can't fully understand unless you're fully involved in it. And that's meant a huge amount. I just wish I knew about it three years ago rather than over the last year. And they could be, the local offer, the Dudley are aware that, that it isn't as it should be and, and are working on it, but that would be the gateway um, yeah. if, if that was the right way of doing things because then you can access it and you can. Because there's wasted energy and there's wasted resource by different people doing and duplicating the mm. same things. So that's the big challenge for yeah. the new director of children's yeah, services who I think Dudley are uh, interviewing for at the moment. So. That's the first thing that should be on their desk. Definitely. Coordination and leadership. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like you said, they're, they're interviewing for the director. I know that um, Helen Ellis, the assistant director, is doing a lot. And uh, Susan Powell, they're all, again, working hard. I had a chat with them a month ago, and they were extremely honest, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. You know, that's one of the, the, the biggest things is, is honesty. And I really appreciated that because they know full well that a lot needs to be done. But I'm reassured that, you know, once this is, a, um, you know, hopefully we're, we're on the forward path after coronavirus, I'm more confident, more reassured that, like I said, they mean well and that they know that changes need to be made. So. And the council now, now, yes. over recent years, Dudley Council are very much more aware of the reality of SEND in Dudley and know the need to change. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. And we'll obviously carry on working together to, to try to sort out a single site. I met with uh, Baroness uh, Berridge, who's the minister responsible for school funding. Obviously, uh, the Prime Minister's recently announced a school building and rebuilding package. So what we're trying to do is say that it's not just obviously schools that are falling down that need rebuilding. In some cases, it's schools where well, they're about to be homeless if the landlords are <laughs> obviously building all around them, turning their school into a uh, housing development, so we need to make sure that the schools like Penns Meadow have the accommodation, the buildings and facilities that are needed to give people the education and, and support that they need and, uh, and deserve. And it would be great to also have some post-19 provision as well Absolutely. to make sure that education for people with, with special needs doesn't stop at further education levels. It, it shouldn't. The SEND Code of Practice is, is 0 to 25 and, and Dudley does need to invest and improve its 19 to 25 provision, for sure. 
Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Steve and Marie, and uh, thank you for listening. And if this is the first podcast that you've uh, listened to, you can find other podcasts wherever you normally uh, get your content, whether that's Apple Music, whether it's Google Podcasts, whether it's uh, Spotify or almost anywhere else. Just search for Talking Dudley South with Mike Wood and uh, you'll find the full back catalogue. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. Pleasure.